Justin is going to come and speak. So I should have done my Great to be with you all. Can we just pray? Because it's so important that we just, again, this is a continuation of our worship, of our meeting with God. And so we say, Father, we thank you that you came and you've met with us. Thank you. Your desire is just to be with us, to encounter us, to change us. Thank you as we sang that song, waiting here for you, and the word that came, actually, I'm here already. My desire was to be with you already, and we just want to keep hearing from you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the eyes of our hearts, to hear and to receive and to be changed and transformed, Lord, for your glory and for the earth to be impacted. I've been so excited about um, coming and talking today. Last week, Dave was um, talking about the Father heart of God, about us being sons and daughters, children of God, being adopted into his family and the impact that that has. And during the week, it came clear that actually there wasn't anyone preaching this Sunday. And I kind of, I kind of bit the hands of the elders. It was like pursued them. <laughs> it's like I, want, I really felt there was something last Sunday, God stirring, and it's part of a journey that God's been um, taking me on. And I really felt there was something to talk about. Um, it's about being sons and daughters of God. Now, there's probably a little caveat and probably need to say, which is I may slip into saying sons, or I may say children, or I may say sons and daughters. Please don't take offense if I just say sons. It applies to everybody. Um, I'm going to try and say sons and daughters or children, but please don't um, throw stones and cabbages if I do. So felt that being sons and daughters, this is, it's, it's a cultural thing. It's, it's something, not just a, a lovely doctrinal statement, something you can write, put on the wall and say, well, this is what we believe in our heads. There's a heart thing. It's a heart change, actually, when you believe and live out being a, a son and a daughter of God. So it felt like it's something for our church culture to keep growing and developing in. If you've been around for a while, you'll probably notice we talk about family-related things. We talk words like community, relationship. Um, it's like even great today that we're sending out Roger and Louise and the family, and it's that heart wrench, because it's not like an organizational where we're just sending out. Actually, we're losing family. Because actually, to understand church, to understand heaven, you have to understand, as Paul Manwaring from um, Bethel Church in Reading writes that heaven's government is family. God has revealed himself to us as father. Dave covered that last week. If you want to hear that again and get that in, because it's such an important thing. God, first and foremost, is father. And we relate because of that. Because God is father, we are his family, so therefore everything that we do has to have that family relational aspect we are family, not organization. There, there was always organizational aspects to family. But first and foremost, we are family. And God has called us sons and daughters. Scripture is, is full of it. And there's a slide that will come up. And it lists a number of uh, scriptures. I won't go through all of them. But it's just highlighting again. Romans 8.16 17, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And it just carries on through scripture. 
Ephesians 5.1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. So we're children. That's exciting. There's a verse that just keeps striking me. It's Romans 8.19. I'm going to read it out. It says, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Let's read it again. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Now, in me, whenever I read that, it kind of sparks. It's something quite exciting that stirs up in me because it's something about creation. God has made all things, sustains all things, and there's something about his creation that is waiting for the children of God to be revealed, for the revealing of that. Uh, there's a quote I want to, to read, which I discovered this week. It says, the world is waiting for sons and daughters to know who they are. That's us, okay? The Father wants to reveal us to the world by revealing his truth inside of us. This truth is what changes the world. It brings life when there was none. It offers hope to those who have never known it and invites anyone who wants more to have it. The world is waiting for us to be our truest selves. Surely this last week, when you think of what's, everything that's been happening, whichever way you vote, to be honest, I don't really care in some ways, but we're in a nation, as Phil's prophesying, they're in a nation where people are feeling all over the place, political parties split, counter-split, no one knows where it's going. What better time for there to be a people of God who know him, to be secure in him, to bring hope and love and restoration. So what does it look like to live as a, as a child of the king, a son, a daughter? Well, there's a few different areas that I'd love to, to look at. And first one's about identity. Um, I've never really thought too much about identity once upon a time. But suddenly realizing that actually you can be in the house of God, but you have almost a mindset of a, of a slave or a servant or a son. And that's quite different, isn't it? Depending on how you live, your mindset. Am I there subservient to everything, not having any choice, having to do, having to do? Or actually, am I a son in a house? where I, I know freedom, I know perfect love, perfect acceptance. Uh, Marion Parfit, hello Marion. Um, I remember having a conversation with her and someone else at the, in the kitchen at the riverside, and uh, I know Marion's mentioned this a few times, this illustration, but she said, if, she, if all she did right now, right at that point, was to lie on the floor in the kitchen at the riverside, you know, it is clean, um, and she did nothing else apart from just lie there. It wouldn't change the father's love for her one iota. He wouldn't love her any more. He wouldn't love her any less because his love is not dependent on her activity. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't things for us to, God calls us to do because there's a whole world out there that needs to know the good news of the gospel. And we're there to extend the kingdom. But identity, receiving father's love, who I am is, has absolutely nothing to do, nothing to do with my activity. It's all about his 
love. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for you and for me so I could be, we could be adopted into his family because he loved us. He loved us when we were in sin. That's when he chose us. He chose us when he knew all the rubbish, all the rubbish that we would be doing in our lives. And he loved us. We're saved because of grace, not because of works. So being a son frees us to be who we are. Do do you know God has a unique shape for each and every one of you? He has for me. And I'm on this fantastic process where God's just, again, just revealing who I am, his gifts, his abilities, and putting in me that confidence just to be like that. So when I preach, I will preach in my style. Is that right? I will be me. I can't be Peter. I can't be Dave. I can't be anyone else. I can only be me. And the way that I live my life, I can only be me. You know, even if we're in the same family. So Joseph and Jill, they're the same family, mother and daughter. Joseph cannot be Jill, and Jill cannot be Joseph because they're different. They are unique. Okay? So as church family, we are in this wonderful place. I just want to encourage us to celebrate our individuality because together we get to see the, the whole of God's glorious creation and plans and purposes. And the kingdom is only extended. Blessing only comes as we, as you and I, live as we're supposed to be. The fullness of who we are called to be. Thank you. I'm excited about that. I'm glad Carly and I are in agreement on this one. This is good. Um, and so that whole word about being still. How, how do you feel when, when, when you suddenly get this word of, okay, be still? Does it make you think, but, 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 I'm supposed to be doing this or that? Actually, when we know that we're a son, a daughter, I almost slipped into it, we can be still because fathers just want that time. Children want that time just being with their, with their, family, with their parents. My boys, if you can get them to stop running around, but they love just sitting and cuddling. They love that identity. They, they know love from that. And I know that actually if I stop and I just spend time with my parents and I'm talking, you're there thinking, oh, that connection. I get a real fuller sense of my identity and love. My parents' love isn't dependent on what I do. And so let's just run with it. There's something for us to run with, to get that in our heart. Amen. Amen. There's opportunity to respond at the end, okay? <laughs> or should we do a call forward now? And f- that leads on to being able to take risk. Now, is that a word that everyone likes? Risk. Whether you, whether you say faith or risk, actually, being children of God, God, because he loves us, he is perfect, he will never leave us or forsake us, encourages us, wants us, because that's how we grow. He wants us to take those steps into the unknown. I do it with my kids. Joseph and I have slightly different levels of um, risk. <laughs> um, but actually, 
How? Yeah, slight difference. <laughs> but we grow by stepping out into things, don't we? And knowing that, that um, the Father is there for you, calling you on, that he is faithful, that he has all the resources that are needed, and as children of the king, actually that's all at our disposal because we're heirs with Christ. Actually, that should spur us on to say, okay, what's God talking to me about? What is, so this is a question you can be thinking about even right now. What are the things, what is the thing that actually I know that I need to step out, step into? I know for me, there are prophetic words. Actually, I, I just kind of have to step into some things, not just step out. There's, there's an element of believing some things. And as you do that, you see that God is faithful. Uh, there's a quote by Phil Wilfie from uh, King's Arms in Bedford. He says, failure is an option. Timidity isn't. Failure is an option. It is okay to fail. To be timid and not even try, that is not an option. We were not given a spirit of timidity. When God speaks words, so there are, whether you have a specific word from God about things, or you're just part of, you know, there's the, we're told to make disciples of all nations. We're told to extend the kingdom. So we, kind of, we have no excuse to not know what God's called us to do, but there will also be specific things, maybe prophetic words that God has spoken over you. What are we going to do about those? What are you doing about those? Because they're not just to go on a shelf and say, well, maybe one day. There is something for us to actively believe and believe God and to step into. I recently was, a few months ago, was feeling quite stirred about stepping out into words knowledge a bit more. And at our community group one evening, <laughs> Josie's smiling, she knows what's coming. Uh, I, it was so clearly had an image in my head and a couple of phrases. And I know that often, that normally when I get those, that, that, is, that is God. And it was God. I do believe it. But, so I brought it. It was near the end of the meeting. And the image and the, word, the phrase was pink panda. Um, I don't know. Does anyone have a, Does that mean anything to anyone here? No? And, you know, it is one of those ones, in all the prophetic training, they would probably encourage you not to bring something like that, something quite obscure. But it was so, for me, it was such a clear impression. And I brought it and ended the meeting. Um, but actually, it opened up, I think it opened up something in our group that it was okay to try and to fail. And actually, there were some words came afterwards, and I just really felt the Father smiling over me. It really did. It was that well done. Because actually, it was as much what God was doing in me as someone responding to the word and there being this wonderful, glorious healing or breakthrough or encouragement for someone. Actually, God's more interested in the process to get us to grow. Because that's what fathers do. They know where they want to be, where someone needs to be, but there's a process to get there. And it's like walking, isn't it? Um, how many times have you seen toddlers just get up, like little Joshua and Samuel and others that are walking at the moment, they'll like, take a little step and they'll fall over. You know, they fall over. Do we therefore say, sorry, you can't walk, never try it again. 
you're stuffed up, that's it, I'm never going to let you, I'm just going to push you around for the rest of your life. No, as a parent, you encourage them, you say, you know, when they're there and they're crying and they're snotty because they've fallen over and they hit their head, you encourage them, you get them up, you say, that's okay, try it again, try it again, because that's what process does, and that's what loving parents do, and that's what God does with us, he encourages us to step out. And that's what he's doing for us as a church family, isn't he? He's encouraging us to step out. We're doing that in prayer as we're praying more and more. We're looking to his stories. Peter, the other week, in his, in his preach, encouraged us. What are we going to do in terms of um, talking to people? When someone says, oh, how was, how was your weekend? Do you just say, oh, yeah, it was really nice? Or do you say, well, actually, I was at church, and it was absolutely amazing. There was this story of blah, blah, blah someone being healed. That group, we encouraged um, the same kind of thing. And I know that um, Joseph had different stories and opportunities, and I've had some as well, of just saying, okay, well, actually, yeah, I'd just come back from a, a, a conference, and I heard a story, that, well, not heard a story, there was a lady in the room that had a pain in her back, she had a bit of a twisted spine, and she was prayed for, healing came, pain went, you know, she'd had this pain for, I think it's some 10 years, something like that. Um, and you're there thinking, do I hold back a story like that? Or do I say, actually, let's just talk about it and then see what God wants to do. The world is waiting to hear, to see the sons of God being revealed. And that's us not holding back, being free, taking those steps, whatever that looks like. And you know what? We have amazing freedom. God gives us choices. Does anybody know that? You get, you're allowed to make choices. You see it from Genesis right the way through. Adam and Eve in the garden, slap bang in the middle, the tree, knowledge of good and evil. Most of us would probably have put, shoved that tree somewhere in the middle of nowhere with about 15 different obstacles, Indiana Jones-style adventures needed to get there. But no, God puts it slap bang in the middle because he gives his children choices and the freedom to make choices, even bad ones. But what's our motivation? If you... You know, we give our kids choices, you know, and you want to give them a variety of, you know, some good ones and... Isaac always comes up with a third one. You give two, and he comes up with a third one. That's his creativity. <laughs> but Jesus is our model in life, isn't he? And in everything he did, he chose to only do what he saw the Father doing. His motivation was love. He said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Even in Gethsemane, when he was there, and he knew the pain and the anguish, he knew what was ahead his cry was, not my will, but yours. And it was because he knew of the Father's love, the Father's joy of him making that choice to run after what his Father was doing. You know, for Joseph and I, in our family, our desire, there is that element where you want kids obedient, but actually you want kids to be making the loving choice, which is, actually, I... I know that this will bring delight and joy to my parents. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but the fruit comes. 
Because isn't it the same for us? Does God, you know, a slave servant mentality is that actually I have no choices. I have to. I have to. I have no other choice. And when you get a chance to rebel, you do. Sons and daughters get to make choices that they know will delight their parents' hearts. Why do, why do we choose not to sin in a particular thing? It's actually because we know there's something better, which is the Father's smile and delight. Isn't that much better than the, well, actually, I won't do that because God's going to whack me with a big stick. We have freedom. In the Bible, we see the prodigal son, or better term is probably more the loving father. And we, two, we see two extremes of sonship. One where the son had huge freedom, so much so that he, he knew the inheritance that was due him, and he wanted it now. He, in his freedom, wanted to rebel and go off and have lots of fun. And it all went pear-shaped, and he came back in repentance, and the father restored him. And then we see the, the dutiful son, who, to be honest, was probably more of a servant. He was there. He was faithful. He's, I've always done this. I've always been here. But you've never let me have a, a cow so I can slaughter it and have a party with, with, with my friends. That son missed out on actually an inheritance, everything that was his, because he was there. But actually, he could have had the cow any time he wanted. But he didn't operate in the freedom and the choice of saying, actually, I'm a son. I can come and ask my father whenever. Do, do we do that? Do we sometimes think, oh, I'm just, I'm just being faithful, and, but we don't come and say, actually, Daddy, I want a cow to slaughter and have a party with my friends or whatever that might look like for us. Um, I don't think we're into slaughtering cows in this country. But there is something for us to not be just living dutifully, but living as sons. God's been taking me on a, on a journey, really, about sonship. I was at a conference at the King's Arms a couple of weeks ago, and I went really feeling quite shattered, knackered, whatever words you want to use having gone from the, the highs but the tiredness of Catalyst Festival down to the last week or so with the slightly more negative um, planning application. And I went just knowing, I just need to go and meet God. And over the course of the, of the conference, a few days in, a few days in, a few sessions in, I just really felt God was unpeeling layers. I just got this wonderful... It's just, I can remember, I was just in worship, and there was just sense, that sense of, I'm a son. To be honest, whether things have gone well, things have gone bad, they don't matter because I am a son of God. He loves me. My identity, my security is in that. Not whether I've organized this fantastic event that thousands have been blessed through, or a planning application that's gone pear-shaped, as it were. Actually, it doesn't matter. One or the other, that does not change my security. One iota. God still loves me and nothing is ever ever going to change that I just want to let that kind of sink in I know I just kind of want to almost like yeah. let's just take that in because it is just so true so we're called to live as children of the king 
free in our identity, able to take risks because it's that's part of who we are. He's there. He's never going to leave us. He gives us all the resource that we need, and it's part of our growth. Freedom to make choices and decisions that are motivated by love, not because, oh, I must, I must. And we have authority to advance the kingdom. In, in, in times of the Bible, you, you kind of, you're involved in the Father's business. We don't quite get that, do we? You know, Jesus was a carpenter because, actually, his father was a carpenter. You get involved in the family trade a little bit. And so you get to carry out um, the father's business. You get the authority. The prodigal son, when he was restored, had rings, robes put on him. That restored him, and the ring signified the authorities carry out the father's business. And we have that. As the children of God, we've been adopted into his family. We're co-heirs with Christ. We have access to all the resources of heaven, and we have the authority that's been given us. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, therefore go. He's given us the same authority to extend the kingdom of God in the Peak Districts, in the nation and the nations, into your workplaces, into your schools, into your homes, into your streets. We have the same authority to advance the kingdom. But there's a place where actually, we need to believe it. Do you believe it? Because it's a life-changing thing. I had a story of um, this guy. He's, he's just an IT. He's, he's a coder, and um, but he knows he's a son of God, a son of God, a child of God. And someone had brought a prophetic word that he would be sp- speaking to a king. It's quite fun because it's not quite how he operated. And but it, he had a choice. Does he believe that? And try and step into it. Or does he say, no, sorry, I'm just a coder, come on. But he believed it because he knew that actually he was a child of God. God would not speak a word that he didn't have the resources and the words to then back up as he stepped into it. And an opportunity actually came along. He was at a party and I think, excuse all the details. I heard it while I was at the um, King's Arms conference. I'm still waiting on the full detail to come through to remind my mind, but he was at a party where the daughter of a particular leader of our nation was there, and through that, he actually ended have, up having an opportunity to meet with this leader, and he was, he was able, God gave him the words to prophesy, even down to the things that were on his bedside table, which unlocked something. And you know they're thinking? That's came because he believed that he was a son. He was a child of the king. He could have... Now, the difference of mentality, of just hearing something and saying, oh, that's nice, but it's not really me. But saying, no, actually, I'm a, I'm a son. I'm a, there's a royal element to us and an authority. So our challenge is to believe it. So do we, in these areas of identity, risk, freedom, authority, do, do you, do I respond with a servant, a slave kind of thinking or do you want to believe as a son and ask God for revelation and change in head and heart? And it's a quote from Simon Holly that I want to just end with from his book, Sustainable Power. It says, this is the truth. You have been bought out of slavery. You are alive to God. Does anyone feel alive to God? 
Amen. You have eternal life. You are free from condemnation. You are now inseparable from the love of God. You are a triumph and a reconciler and a fruit bearer and one with the Father. We need to realize much fruit grows out of the realization of who I am in Christ. Abiding replaces striving. That's what we did this morning. We were just, we were just abiding, enjoying God's presence. Enjoying replaces earning. Loving replaces longing. And basking replaces bemoaning. Freedom kicks out slavery. A warrior replaces subservient. I feel there's a place to, to respond. <laughs> I don't know where you are. What, if, if, if things have struck you, stirred you, but I really believe there is a, a, an increase of, of sonship that God wants to put on us, on this church, if I can use the word, on this house. I, I'm realizing why some groups talk about house. It's because actually we're the house of God. We are the people of God. And I quite like that, actually. Do you want to respond? Do you want to know and live out more as, a, as this son, this child of the living God? Um, I'd, I'd love us to, if, if we can, sing us a song. Um, um, and if people want to respond, can I encourage you, maybe, because there is something really good about stepping out of a seat and making a practical response. You know, maybe you're feeling, actually, I, I respond to things not out of wanting to see freedom. Actually, I, I, I try and control things. That's, that's a bit of a servant mentality. That's not a a child, a son or daughter of God mentality that wants to see freedom and honors different gifts. Um, maybe you, you just know there are things, to, that risk aspect, there are things to step into. And there's, there's just that, you just need to make that physical step that says, okay, God, yes, I am choosing to do that. And actually, we would love to actually just pray blessing and empowerment on that, that you'd know more and more um, being a son. Roger is fantastic because, as Dave mentioned, he's kind of like a dog with a bone in a way, with prophetic words. (laughs) He keeps reminding you of things that God has spoken because he's got that father's heart that says, this is what God has said, this is who you are, this is what God wants to bring about. And he keeps bringing it back. He keeps reminding me of things, even though I kind of forgotten or only had in part he brings it back and he's like oh yeah this is what God has says has said therefore I believe it and I step into it and I need to operate in that so Joseph can lead can I encourage you to stand and if you want to come forward just whatever it looks like for you to make that physical declaration of God I believe I'm a son I believe you're a loving father And I do want to step into and believe more and more that I'm free. I have authority. I can take risk. My identity is in you. There may be a place of needing to repent of wrong thinking. And repenting just means coming into into the line, turning around, coming into God's perspective. So you're not a slave, you're a son. 
a daughter dearly loved with a unique shape that is yours that God wants to see come to fullness. So Father, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you you're with us. Thank you of the big family adventure that you have for us as we step in, as we bring hope to the world, as we bring out reconciliation because we're secure, that we operate something different from the world because we're part of your family. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that that's your heart for us. Is that, Lord, we would just come, simply come, Lord, trusting you with everything, Lord, with everything. And we just do, Lord, we come, just trusting you for everything. Come and help us now, Lord, I pray. Come and help us. Help us to let you have your way in what you're doing in these days. Lord, because you're about a great work with your church and your people. Lord, and I pray you'll help us in that. Father God. Well, time's just about gone. I just, I have kind of three applications, I think, just to what Justin has helped us this morning. Because it's not just about being a slave to fear, but we can be a slave to conformity. We can be a slave to duty. And we can be a slave to always having to do the right thing. We've got to do the right thing, so we end up doing nothing because we don't know what that is sometimes. And we do nothing, so we procrastinate and absolutely achieve nothing. And I just feel God wants us to have a different mentality. That we can break free of those things, even in the light of where we are as a church, where we are as a nation right now. Actually, it's time for the church and an opportunity for the church to think differently, act differently and be different in these days. And I just want to call that out, really. Because I think it's, I think if this isn't an opportunity, then whenever are we going to get one? <laughs> What's going to have to take place to get that kind of opportunity? <laughs> just got to imagine what it could be right now. But I just want to say, if, let's let's break out of these things. Let's break free. So I want to invite you. If you want to pray on any of those issues, please come. Response to that. Response to what's been prayed and preached this morning. You come to have tea and coffee down the back and pray down the front. <laughs>